Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the revamp of Butch in the Morning. Um, I should I should probably change the name. I haven't put out an episode in the morning or recorded in the morning, I think, since I started it. But, uh, you know, I guess it's like a treat it like a, you know, nickname. Kind of just stuck with it. Um, sorry, yawning. I'm watching the game right now. Uh, I, I think, uh, Kansas City's gonna cover. We'll see. It's halftime. Um, I just want to play a bit of a song that I came across that I loved. Um, not even the actual, it's a, it's a rap song. It's by, uh, Funk Flex, I believe. Um, you know, either like he's, uh, I think it was like he had like people, you know, and like, uh, brought people together from different areas and had them do a song. Uh, let me pull it up. Check, check. One, two, one, two. One, two. Just like that intro. Um, let me uh, boost my recording level. I hope this is better for you guys. Um, I just like that intro. Um, and that's uh, 99, so that's like Eminem at the beginning of his career, so it's not great, but uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, okay, uh, let's get into the podcast. Um, don't really know, don't have much uh, prepared. Um, I was, uh, my sister brought something up to me. She, uh, she talked about how, um, if you remember like those online sort of like bulletin boards or message boards for schoolwork where say the teacher posts a question and you have to write your answer and then it's posted to the group and everyone can see it but you had to say something you had to say a unique answer to it so imagine whatever question in whatever topic you know say it's english related so you have to like make a simile about how this book that you had to read is like something else you have to do a few sentences on that and then um but you have to be you have to write a different fucking answer to what someone else said so if you procrastinate and you're like the last person to go you there's nothing left to say there's only like three things to really say about it anyway because we're in high school and we're not getting deep about this stuff but uh you know that's why it was great to be first because uh whatever it was you know, how is Huckleberry Finn indicative of the social culture of the time? And you're like, oh, well, you know, white people were racist and uh, kids broke down barriers because they didn't have race. And then the second person to go, you're like, fuck, wh what else is there? I mean, that's all there is. So then you have to make something up and like, uh, whatever the word is, just expand, but um, do it in like a just a weird crappy way and it was always the worst and then um 
And then I thought about how that's extremely similar to, you know, like those family group chats that you just hate talking in? But, you know, the aunts and the moms are always like, you know, they'll go on for like 20 messages and then your grandpa chimes in. And But like when someone posts a picture of like, say, like their dog and then someone comments like, oh, cute. And like, so what am I supposed to say now? Just thumbs up the cute text? Because I thumbs up or exclamation point so many texts in those family group chats. I don't think I've actually said anything in like months. But what am I going to say? Oh, great pick. And then, you know, my brother chimes in two hours later after he gets off work. Wonderful. Hope you're having a good uh, week. And it's like, it's so, it's such bogus fucking communication. It sucks. I hate it. And curious if you guys uh, feel the same way about something like that. Um, I was at Planet Fitness today. Um, Black card member. What up? And, um, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I've seen this before, but it was just way more visual this time. It was it just really, like, as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, I know what's going on here. Where the back row of treadmills was completely filled with middle-aged men. Every single one. Shoulder to shoulder, middle-aged men. And then the rows in front, you know, they're like four kind of rows deep of treadmills. The rows in front, everyone's like spread out, you know, because it's not full. The gym's not full. And all the girls in leggings are, you know, one over here, one's up here to the right, one's all the way in front, and all the creepy dudes are in the back row just scouting out what's going on. Like, you know, trying to like play it off like they're watching, you know, MSNBC from 70 yards away, like you could see the TV. But, I mean, I just instantly knew exactly why everyone chose the back row. Um, I choose the back row because I hate the feeling of someone looking uh, over my shoulder or from behind me. And, no, and like, I'm not going to look back at them. Like, you know, when you're walking down the street and you're like, oh, someone's a little too close to me and you just, but you can't keep looking over your shoulder at them. Um, so I hate doing that. So I always choose the back for that point. And then, you know, I throw on a podcast and then I just zone out. And um, I also don't want to be the guy that's checking out girls at the gym. So I purposely just like look down. But all these, I mean, all these dudes, they're in like, you know, their 40s, 50s. They don't give a shit. The, you know, a 22-year-old in like Gymshark clothing walks in. Uh, everyone's, you know, eyes, side eyes to it. So I, uh, that was really funny. Uh, got a good workout in. You know, 30 minutes uphill walk and then uh, jog for as long as you can until you start to fucking heave. But, um, oh, what it, what it made me think of was, um, because, uh, it's also just the way that the Hampton Bay's, um, gym is set up. You could either walk along the back wall where the lockers are behind the row of, um, uh, the last row of treadmills to get to, like, the changing rooms. Um, or you could walk in front of that first row. Um, that last row of treadmills and walk like a straight shot into them. And just the way the flow of walking in the building is, a lot of people just walk that straight shot in front of the last row of treadmills. Um, so it reminded me of uh, like when uh, when alligators are sitting in like some river that the buffalo have to cross 
and it's like you know it's like the it's like the crossing spot where it's shallow and you know most um narrow the river and um i just thought all the guys were like the alligators and they're all just sitting there in the water like yeah <laughs> you know okay walk by we'll get one of you like there's a there's like 20,000 buffalo that have to cross here do you know have fun we're going to fuck some of you up um so I just assumed those guys were like alligators. And there was a really old tan guy from like, you know, lived in Florida his whole life. And he had alligator skin. So that was why I just instantly thought of that. Oh, uh, but um, I started getting, I always in the gym, I, when I just said earlier, like I hate, I don't want to be the guy that's like checking out girls at the gym, especially because... I don't think I'm worth checking out, so I shouldn't do it to someone else. But um, like I, like uh, if you have this too, but I just personally hate eye contact, especially in like a say like someone's really close. Like imagine you're at a bar, and you're you're next to someone, you know, ordering a drink, and you you know strike up a conversation, and now your face is like. A foot and a half from someone else's and you're just eye contact the whole time it's like I can't do that my body shuts down and I have to fucking look away so so then what do you do because you can't be you can't be like that guy who just kind of you're standing at the bar and you're looking forward at the TV screen and trying to talk to someone who's next to you like that's rude um, so what I do now is I look um, if they're far enough away, because even if you're close, you could tell someone's doing this, um, in between their eyes and like an inch up, and it's exactly where like a Punjabi or Indian person would have that red uh, religious dot. And so I just look there. If they're far enough away and everyone's drinking and it's dimly lit, you think someone's looking at you while you're speaking. It's just normal eye contact. But uh, So that's what I have to do. But you try to do that, and I just get so in my head when I'm having a conversation with literally anyone that I just can't look them in the face because I'm just like, I'm freaking out right now. Like, how are you feeling? You know, and I can't say that. So it's just fucking, it's ridiculous. I wish it wasn't like that, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, when I, <laughs> I've done this before where it was like a sort of like an eclectic old style bar in New York City we're on like some field trip for college uh, for my hospitality group we went to Italy and then spoke to uh, some general managers of a few nearby hotels and um, we were sit we were at the at one of the like bar sort of areas where you could grab like some cheese and like a glass of wine if you wanted or something we're all like 20 but but uh but like everyone's kind of um of age or looking of age and we all had fakes so uh you could grab a drink if you wanted to also uh my roommate's parents met us <laughs> which is awesome uh uh my roommate's parents met us at italy and while everyone's just kind of walking around like you know grabbing like you know just like a little stand up some finger foods or something we have like a sit down like three course meal and like they order a bottle of wine you know white wine and like the uh the little 
you know, stand-up kind of uh, metal hole there for it with ice, and, like, you know, it's wrapped in a nice towel, and we're doing all this, and everyone's like, you know, fucking all the peasants are just walking around like losers, and me, my roommate, and his family are sitting down for a nice meal in Italy. Um, but I was uh, standing up uh, talking to uh, one of the girls I liked, um, but I couldn't just maintain eye contact. It was brutal. So I just started looking around at, like, you know, the the scenery of Italy. And every, any, like, you know, 30, 45 seconds, there was a lull in talking. I'd be like, oh, wow, you know, the architecture in here is really nice. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? Like, we're, you know, we're 20 years old in New York. Half of us smoked a joint before we went in. Some of us are drunk. Like, why are you talking about architecture? But um, I just had to you know, take the focus away from, uh, eye contact. So, yeah, great. Wonderful. Thanks for telling us, Pico. Um, Butch. Thanks for telling us, Butch. Um, yeah, but, you know, whatever. Um, my friend Brandon is writing a, or wrote a script, a pilot, uh, Last Laugh of the Madcap. Sorry if I got that wrong, but I think that's what the show the title is um and he said it was a pilot i believe so you write a pilot for a show so i'm not sure if um what the title of the episode was do you write a is it called a pilot if it's like the first draft kind of writing for a movie or they call those just scripts um not sure but uh first of all reading screenplays or scripts is so i couldn't my brain is not wired for that because there's so much of that technical jargon that's in there, like, you know, uh, fade to black, and then it's, like, bold, like, EXT, like, external, and then this, and then this, and all these little, like, you know, acronyms and shit, and, like, sc- like uh, scene setting, and it's, like, like, it, it just, I, I couldn't, I was having trouble at first, I got into it, but I was having trouble at first actually, like, visualizing it. Even though all that writing, you know, is like scene setting, so it really does visualize it for you. Imagine, like, you have a scene in your head of, like, something you find funny. Now make someone else see exactly what you see. Think about how descriptive you have to be and how you have to bring all these different things up, like how the lighting is in the room and what angle you're looking at and, you know, where someone's standing. Are they, is one person off screen, is one person on screen? Like, those type of things. So that's all written down. But that's actually what brought me out of it because I'm struggling to read through this like in a smooth way and then get to dialogue, but uh, you eventually get over that, so that's fine. Um, uh, I was I was watching... Um, uh, Louis C.K. right now is going around uh, sort of like a press junket on like, you know, the, uh, the podcast uh, realm, like the comedian's podcast realm, and uh, he was talking to... Uh, Joe Rogan about uh, how on 9-11 he was, uh, on September 10th, he had to fly out to L.A. to pitch a comedy show um, on September 11th, and September 11th happens, and he lives in, uh, he lived in a part of Brooklyn where you walk outside your front door and, like, your skyline is the Twin Towers, so that's, like, the view his six-month pregnant wife had, um, while she was home. And so he talked about, um, first of all, he had the, they, they said like no meetings today on, you know, September 11th when that shit was going down. 
uh, in LA. But so they're like, yeah, but if you want this like show to happen, you're gonna have to come in like tomorrow. So he had to show up the next day after the worst, one of the worst tragedies. Well, the worst recent tragedy in history. You know what was worse than 9/11 when it was like a day after, a week after, like nothing else was on your mind. Um, so he has to pitch a comedy, and it apparently just did not go well at all, as you can imagine. Imagine trying to do that. Imagine you had like an airplane crash joke in there, or like you know, just you can't rewrite it. But uh, probably just tailor your pitch. But that's just a brutal scenario. But um, I was thinking if they, um, if in-flight movies uh, changed, uh, if there were like certain movies that just don't like air, like air companies like don't buy for their planes or don't buy like a license to after 9/11. Um, until like that come down like two years later because it was hectic I mean um, I think my family had a like December or something you know around the holidays maybe we flew down to uh, Florida uh, so I barely remember it but I remember hearing a lot of people that were flying talk about how all the airports were empty and all the flights were empty so there was like you know 40 people on a flight or less uh for like an important flight like you know, say like uh, JFK to Atlanta like something that would be booked and they run that flight like 20 times a day and it's just empty so everyone gets bumped up to first class and you know they would the way they talked you know and the pre-flight announcements would change like um you know they would do the whole safety thing and then they would go into uh if you if you have to um your seatbelt can detach and it can be used as a weapon you can use your uh, seat that you're sitting on you it removes and you can use it as like a shield to block and then like he, he said he was sitting at like you know seat like 1b so like right at the front by the cockpit and someone was across the aisle 1c like right there as well and the captain came out uh before they took off and was like hey guys like you know he kind of kneeled down and like started talking to him and like deputized them as like he's like you're my last line of defense like i need you guys you know, if anything starts coming down that aisle quick, like, I need you guys to not, it was a red eye from LA to New York, uh, he was like, I need you guys to not be asleep right now, like, you have to stay awake for this flight, because you're the last thing, you know, they, they weren't able to rehaul instantly all of the safety precautions for the cockpit, you know, I'm sure they tried as quick as they could to, like, upgrade the doors, you know, into the cockpit, but, that fear of like someone could still probably easily take hold of the cockpit if they wanted to uh so then i so i was thinking like you know in like say international flights or uh cross-country flights where they had because they did at the time very early versions of um uh like tv and or movies or a projector sort of screen you know if there was like if it was if you have ever been in one of those big planes where there's uh uh, two rows going down the back of the plane and there's um, you know three seats in the middle two rows a, a row on either side and then two seats next to the to the windows um, I've been on the one of those once but if you're in coach there's like you know a big wall in front of the middle row uh, that separates uh, first class and coach and they would show like a movie like on a projector screen it was, it was a big white wall and they would just show a movie um, and I wonder if they, like, what movies they could have taken out, um, uh, obviously Flight 
93, I think, is the name of the movie about the people that uh, purposefully took back the cockpit, uh, and it crashed in Pennsylvania. But uh, imagine that was like a movie already, like uh, like a fictional movie. And, you know, you see that on, you know, September 29th as you're taking your flight. That would be fucking weird. Or uh, the first episode of Lost. That's a brutal thing. Can't show that. So, you know, just that's what was on my mind. Um, I bet they bought a lot of Holocaust movies. Schindler's List, Boy in the Striped Pajamas. There's probably some movie about a Warsaw ghetto. All Quiet on the Western Front, the original from the 50s, or the U.S. original from the 50s. Um, what else? Oh, I'm just going to do a couple more minutes, but I wanted to um, I wanted to go on... Let me go on foxnews.com and just see if a headline pisses me off. Now I could do this. I'm not. I'm just just. I'm just choosing Fox because uh, I like how they write their headlines. They're very provocative, so I f- I feel like I'd get um, better uh, content out of that. I could do the same with like CNN or MSNBC. But um, <laughs> see, <laughs> it's a great one. Pelosi arranged exorcism. Felt really guilty in wake of hammer attack on husband. Daughter says. Like, what? (laughs) Uh, Nancy Pelosi called priests to perform exorcism after husband's hammer attack. An exorcism on what? Um, Oh, shit, these ads suck. Um, They came to her home to perform an exorcism. But I always thought, is an exorcism... Could you just do it, an exorcism, to a location like a house? I always thought an exorcism was done to a person. Um, I guess it could. I guess it could be both. It's the same idea, you know. A priest who's like sanctioned by the Vatican to do this uh, comes to a place and expels the evil spirits. I assume it's very similar to doing that to a person. But uh, that's that's weird. Um, See, here's a quote. I think that weighed really heavy on our soul. That's this from the daughter's perspective. I think she felt really guilty. I think that really broke her. Over Thanksgiving, she had priests coming, multiple, trying to have an exorcism on the house and having prayer services. Good thing this woman is not in charge anymore. He's a strong person, athletic. This has been tough. It's going to be about three or four more months before he's really back to normal. Because he was back to normal before this happened. Perfect, yep. Um, Prince Harry scoffs at Elvis Presley's famous Graceland estate. With uh, with a tagline, don't be cruel. In his book, Prince Har- Harry quips that Elvis Presley's interior designer must have been on acid when decorating the Graceland estate. That's what I'm talking about. It's not scoffing at the Graceland Estate. Scoffing at the Graceland Estate is there's a video of, you know, Harry and whoever, Meghan. um, That's who he's married to, right? Meghan Markle? Um, Driving, you know, past the Graceland Estate, and they look over, and he goes, Ha! The the king lived there? 
So that's scoffing. Not not in a book, which had to go through three editors, say. That's not a quip. A quip isn't a scoff. Fuck off, Fox. Assholes. Um, what else? Hollywood legend rushes to Baldwin's defense after Rust charges announced. That's insane because why would a actor or why would he get charges um i believe also he's a producer um of the show rust or the would-be show rust so he kind of falls under the under the uh you assume that he has uh oversight of the cast and crew and also the set and production but he's an actor in a scene they hand him a gun and there's fucking real bullets in it so that's not his fault i assume uh he won't be uh he's charged with something um i I don't think he's going to be convicted but uh i believe they'll have to either settle out of court or go to a civil trial if that already hasn't happened so he'll just have to pay i'm sure that's fine to get this you know out of his life Tori Spelling couldn't stop watching Denise Richards on OnlyFans. Kinky. Um, federal government's no-fly list with notable names leaked. Interesting. Let's see these notable names. Uh, the Swiss hacker known as Maya Arsen Krimu blogged. Jeez. All these fucking ads just come into a page and put, you know, whatever you're looking at, like, three pages down. Uh, Block Thursday that she discovered the TSA's no-fly list from 2019. Uh, so sweet. Thank God it's three years dated. Um, the list appeared to have more than 1.5 million names. Awesome. It is pretty awesome that there's that many people that they're like, we can't let you on an airplane. (laughs) You're going nowhere. Drive. Um, Here's a quote. It's just crazy to me how big that terrorism screening database is, and yet there is still very clear trends towards almost exclude. But and yet there is still very clear trends towards almost exclusively Arabic and Russian-sounding names throughout the million entries. Um, racist Arabic and Russian-sounding names. Uh, have you been to America? Yeah. Okay. Um, but also. Um, uh, like of course they all sound arabic and russian because a lot of arabic names are the names that people have in places like uh especially for the past 20 years uh pakistan afghanistan kyrgyzstan uh iraq iran so uh think about uh people that were uh recruited from Africa, like African coasts, uh, countries, and then, uh, uh, what do you call it when you radicalized in, uh, Iraq or Iran, and then given names, because they usually don't keep their birth name, um, and then the Russians, yeah, fuck the Russians, why do people care about, why does anyone care about Russia, why is it so hard for people to understand why we're funding Ukraine? And it's like, oh, it's up to $100 billion now. Like, yo, we gave the banks $700 billion because they gambled wrong. 
And you don't want to stop Russia from invading just a peaceful country? Like, you think that's fine? Like, let them handle that on their own? But, you know, the banks gambled wrong and then fucked up the world economy for four years? And, you know what? That's fine. You know, let them keep doing their thing. But, you know, I mean, we can't be paying Ukraine $100 billion when there's a homeless guy right next to me. Like, shut the fuck up. Then don't vote Republicans in office if you want, if you actually care about the the people like you say you are, like when you're grandstanding that we're giving this valuable money to, um, to Russia or uh, to Ukraine. Uh, but we should really be using that money here at home. And then you vote um, a Republican into office who wants to cut Medicaid, Medicare, welfare, and... Uh, uh, the VWA, so, or the VFA, sorry, uh, so go fuck yourself, um, and it's like, you know, I'll, I'll type, uh, how much have we given Ukraine, uh, uh, it's, I see instantly 4.5 billion, but I want a total number. Uh, let's see what this is. Uh, since 2014, the United States has committed approximately $24 billion in security assistance to Ukraine uh, and approximately $21 billion since the, uh, since the beginning of Russia's unprovoked full-scale invasion. Uh, and then an addition... Oh, so $40 billion. So we've given $40 billion over the course of eight years. Um... And let's just bring up the uh, federal government, um, shit, what's it called? Like how much money we have to spend. Budget. Wow, that's a 1.45 trillion. Now let's get that as a f fact, uh, uh, 40 billion out of... 1.4 trillion. Um, sorry. Uh, 40 billion divided by 1.4 trillion. Calculate. 0 0.029. So less than one tenth of a percent. Less than one tenth percent, one tenth of a percent of our yearly budget has been given to Ukraine, uh, and that's a problem. These are the same people that want to cut NPR, which is one half of one penny for uh, every citizen in the U.S. for their yearly uh, tax. That's how much it costs to fund NPR, and they want to cut that. So you know, fuck these guys. They suck. Um, and also, it's just the sentiment that your f friend is in trouble, and why help them? Because we can. Because that's what you do. You know, you're, you're, you look across the street, your neighbor's house is on fire, and he says, can you help me? Do you say, okay, buy my hose, and then I'll calculate how much water we use to put out your house? Like, shut up. All right? So, you know, just...
that's all I have to say about that. Um, I do like talking about that, though, because some people are hypocrites. I don't mind dissenting opinions. That's fine. Talk about uh, how Ukraine has for years been uh, unable to do anything about uh, Russian aggression. Talk about how they're unwilling to make certain sacrifices to their sovereignty to protect themselves. Talk about um, how their ties uh, in their outskirts, they're doing a poor job of uh, cracking down on their own citizens that are dissenters and uh, helping Russia with either intelligence or physical uh, sabotage. So go there. We don't talk about you know why it's an issue that we're paying them to defend themselves against what the the scariest country in the world currently, um, maybe besides China. So you know you know just check yourself. Um, all right. Uh, this is longer than I wanted. I want to stop at 25, but whatever. If you actually listen this far, that's ridiculous. Um, so have a good day. And I'm going to try to do this uh, more often than I have been. Like once a week-ish. But, I mean, don't count on that. But definitely more than what I just did previously, which was once a month. So, um, alright, my brother's calling me. Gotta go. Peace out, guys.